and welcome to the 25th episode of the R&D Project. I am your host up here in New Jersey, Rob Nicholson, and as always, I am joined by my host of the South, Donnie Sturgis. How you doing, Donnie? I'm doing great there, everybody. How are you all doing out there in listening land? I don't know what the fuck to call it. That's like an old thing. <laughs> you youngins probably don't know what TV land was. Um, you might but you might only know the Nickelodeon version of it. Um, but yeah, I'm doing great down here. I'm, you know, just hanging out, uh, still keeping myself quarantined down here in the old Sturgis compound, trying to keep myself away from the virus that's going to turn everybody into zombies. You know it's going to happen. Um, but yeah, everything's going good. I'm, uh, you know, just hunkering down and, and uh, just getting ready for whatever apocalypse is coming our way, whether it be <laughs> zombie or whether it be uh, uh, biblical or whether it be... Uh, um, uh, viral or maybe apes. Maybe apes are just going to become you know, like super intelligent, and they're going to come after us, and you know, we're all going to die in the process. Who knows? I don't. It, I just want to see an ape say, "Oh shit, there goes the planet." <laughs> That's what I want to see. I want. I want British talking apes. <laughs> this. This is what's going to happen. It's going to be like Cabin in the Woods. You're going to see that just as you're dying, and you're right. like, oh. Damn it. Yeah. <laughs> Damn it. This would have made everything better. So like I said at the, at the open, like 10, 15, 20 seconds ago or whatever it was, um, this is our 25th episode. So congratulations, Donnie. Quarter, quarter, quarter of a century. or Yeah. Back, yeah. back months and months and months ago, two buddies met up at a camp and, you know, fell in love with each other and the rest is history. Sort of something like that. But, uh, we we've made it to episode 25 and um i'm i'm very very pleased about that we have a long way to go we have many very, more what's I'm that very, very, i'm very very surprised yeah that too that too <laughs> dad i finally committed to something <laughs> or or i should have been committed one of the two <laughs> anyway we have to talk about this movie tonight because um, breaking the fourth wall down, we were supposed to talk about this a couple of weeks ago and, you know, life intervenes and other things come up and, you know, blah, 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 and so on and so on. But I've gone back and I, this is a movie that I originally did not like at all. Um, then I slowly started to like it more and then more and then more. And then more. And like a contagion, it kind of got into my body and it was like wreaking havoc on my soul and my mind. And I ended up really, really liking the movie and coming around to what most of the reviews about this movie um, are, are, are positive. So I ended up coming around to thinking the same way that the, the reviewers thought. And that movie is the 2015 South by Southwest hit that has quickly become, um, I'm going to call it on the level of a cult classic, even though it's still a hidden gem, if that's possible. And that is We Are Still Here. Yes. This, this is a movie. I saw this movie in theaters. Um, when it, for, it had a very limited release. But I, so a lot of, a little backstory, a lot of movies, a, a lot of horror movies nowadays, because, I mean, I'm going to be 45 um, uh, in about a week. Um, so, I, you know, I've been around. You know, I was born in 75. I was a latchkey kid. I grew up with 80s horror, seven, you know, late 70s, 80s horror. You know, I, 
I, I have my particulars. I have my things that I like. But um, the thing is, is, you know, when you're young, you have plenty of time. You watch a lot of shit. You know, you basically have to, you have to go through, because I was, again, as a latchkey kid, you know, and being the oldest in my family, um, you know, my folks, uh, I had a lot of responsibility. I watched my brother and sister at a very young age. I was 10 when I was already, when I was watching them. And they're like five and six years younger than me. Uh, I was taking care of the house. I was doing chores. I was, you know, I was, uh, and I was treated like a little grown up. And so one of the things my parents did was they gave me a lot of freedom. And so horror movie, you know, well, not just horror movies, but like I was allowed to watch a lot of R-rated movies at a very young age. The only thing I wasn't allowed to see was nudity. My dad would make you turn around uh, until it was over and then he'd let me turn back around and everything. But violence, profanity, like like any of that stuff, like all that, all that other stuff was fair game. And one of the things that, we, that, that used to happen is um, this was back before video stores uh, had become a thing. Uh, the, the, the VHS format was just starting to come into being. Uh, VHS... Uh, um, cassette uh, recorders or, or players were top down, like they would actually come up out of the top instead of just putting them in the front. Um, you know, and they were very expensive at first because you know the the whole idea was that you bought the movie, you'd pay like a hundred bucks to own a VHS copy of this film, and when that wasn't lucrative enough, they eventually started going, oh well, these are price to own now, and they had these big commercials that would like say price to own, you know, and then but at the earliest times. Uh, before like uh, video um, video stores became a huge thing, like you know Blockbuster and even the mom and pop ones that a lot of you probably might remember, a lot of you older people that are listening to us right now, um, is uh, grocery stores uh, used to have uh, used to make sections. They would they would make uh, they would take a part of the store and they would clear it out in a little corner and they would offer uh, movie rentals. And so you would go to the to the office, the main office in the uh, at the store. And then that's where you would go and you would take the thing and they would, you know, basically uh, you'd give them the tape or whatever. And so one of the things that happened during that time is, you know, Friday nights were always like grocery store, grocery shopping night. Um, my dad would send my mom and I to go grocery shopping. And then he would be like, okay, bring back a couple movies. And he'd always have me bring back a movie for mom, which was usually my mom loved Muppets. So Muppet movie was, was, was one of the choices at one time, but other, you know, like, yeah. And, and like, and, but like other, like, like mom type of stuff. My mom liked Disney. She liked, but she also liked, you know, kind of the, at the time, seminal kind of like, um, I hate the term, but uh, chick flicks, if you will. Uh, that was the big term at the time. It's, it's not, it's not very relevant or valid nowadays. Um, Cause I mean, you'd like what you want. Who gives a fuck if, you know, it's not a chick flick. If it's rom drums and rom coms. Yeah, exactly. If you, if you, if you like it, you like it. Who gives a fuck? You know, if you, if you're a chicken, Pardon my 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 wordage, but to add to the to to continue, um, you know, if you're a quote unquote chick and you like an action flick, well, so what? Like an action flick, it's fine. Anyway, point I'm making. Long story short, too late. Um, so I'd get a movie for mom, I'd get a movie for dad, and I'd get a movie for me. My dad always loved action flicks. He always loved westerns. He, you know, I and that's the thing. I knew what everybody in my family liked. And my dad trusted me, and because I'd always bring something home good. And it was usually either either whatever the new whatever the latest blockbuster was that just made it to VHS or whatever. Um, and then I could always get something for myself. Nine times out of ten, I would either bring home a sci-fi movie or a horror movie. Um, usually, it was a horror movie. Um, and of course, as a child, I don't know jack shit about horror movies, so. I would just look and see what the video with the VHS box art looked like. If it looked cool, I was like, that shit's coming home. Not, you know, and again, nine times out of 10, it was a piece of shit. Like it was like, it was like, like awful. Like the box art was the best thing about the film, but every once in a while, you know, every so often there was that gem return of the living dead reanimator, you know, night of the night of the creeps, you know, every so often there was that gem. Um, the point I'm trying to make is again, long story short, too late is that you had all that time when I was a kid to be able to go through and just watch and be able to figure out, Oh, this is awful. This is good. Oh, this is awful. This is so bad. It's good. I like it anyway, whatever. I'm getting at the age now where I have to be a little more picky with the, my movie choices, you know, with, with, cause I can't, I, I, I do a lot of research before I like, I watch a horror film because I love horror so much. I don't want to have, I want to read, I want to watch a clunker. Um, you know, I don't want to watch a clunker 
uh, you know, because I'm like, well, that's an hour and a half. I can't get back. You know, I could have watched something good. I could have found something good. So I do a lot of research. And a lot of places um, that uh, a, a lot of um, a lot of places I like I'll go online like io9 is a good repository for uh, um learning about new horror movies that are coming out big like things that most people don't know about like indie films like and stuff like that i i have found a lot of really great uh hidden or 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 like low-key horror movie gems uh because of io9 and because of the people that that write on io9 or gizmodo or what do you want to call it um it follows is another one that i really really love i wouldn't have known about it follows if it hadn't read like Hey, here's some here's here's some of the horror movies that are coming out this year that no not many people are talking about or blah blah blah, and so, um, we are still here, is one of those movies, um, and uh, like as like like Rob said, it came out in 2015. Um, I got to see it in theaters because I found out about it ahead of time. I've been following it for for months about production, hearing about how good it was going to be, and um, because here, it's got. It's got pedigree for one. It's got Barbara Crampton. Barbara Crampton. We're talking reanimator Barbara Crampton, you know, or you know, the screen queen from the 80s, you know, Barbara Barbara Crampton. I had a huge crush on her growing up uh, from seeing her in movies and stuff. Reanimator. Uh, yes, I I think I said that. Oh, I didn't hear that. Uh-huh. <laughs> um but you also have um Lisa Marie uh, ex-fiance of Tim Burton. Um, she's in this movie as well. Um, you have... Uh, um, oh, shit. I'm, I lost the... Uh, Monty Markham. Monty Markham is, uh, plays a character in this. You guys might not know him by name, but you will be probably... Well, not you younger people, but a lot of people will know. Very fine character actor. He's done a lot of work throughout the years. Um, but just, it's, there's, there's a, there's, there's some good pedigree in this film. It was written and directed by a guy named Ted and I, and I'm, I'm going to butcher this and I apologize because yeah. it's really, it's Ted, uh, Geogagan, it's G E O G H E G A N. So it's like Geogagan or Geogagan or something. I, I, um, I actually went out and, and looked at multiple interviews yeah. with him just because number one, I wanted to know how to pronounce his name, but they were actually pretty interesting interviews, but nobody, you know how they normally say, hi, we're here tonight with Ted, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Nobody said that in any of the interviews and I was really pissed off, but which. I, I have a theory. I'm going to say it's Ted Geo Hagen. Hmm. So that's actually good. If it's, um, if it's, um, or go Gogigan. go Gigan. Yeah, that could be. Like Buttigieg. Buttigieg. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that one's just a tough one to say. Um, but anyway, so yeah, it's so this is uh this has definitely got pedigree out the door. It's it's got, you know, some classic actors from, you know, from movies past. So, you know, people uh, care, you know, actors who've been in horror movies before that know that know the genre and know how to deal with it and everything. Um the, the the first thing that you'll notice about this film, and one of the things that I absolutely adore about it, because it's 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 near to my heart, this is a a 1970s set horror film that looks like it was shot in the 1970s. Um, it takes place in 1979. It's got the washed out, uh, muted colors. Uh, it's got the the way it's paced, uh, the way it's directed, the way the actors uh, you know portray them, you know uh, act. It definitely has that 70s feel. Like if you didn't know this came out in 2015, went into it cold, you know, the, the way the graphic comes up when, it, when it's the, the title of the film, it feels like it was made. And I love 70s horror, especially the late 70s horror. I mean, like, like The Shining and, and stuff like that. This really feels a lot like movies like that. Suspiria, you know. And in fact, um, this movie is, uh, the director was inspired by the movies of, of, uh, of Fulci. Um, Italian director, you know, who basically did House by the Cemetery and stuff like that. So there's, and, and you can see there's a lot of Italian style horror elements in this film as well, especially when you get to the very end of the film, which we'll talk about uh, later. Um, but, uh, and so it's, it's, um, 
there's a lot of things that I really love about this because it's a it's a huge throwback to classic like 70s horror especially like I said going back to there's a lot of stuff throughout this film that are huge throwbacks or huge calls to, to Fulci films um, and I, I just I I absolutely adore this movie. I really do. I, I remember seeing it in the theater and going, my God, this is everything I've ever wanted, you know, in a modern, because one of the things about um, modern day horror or, and really going back for at least the last, you know, 20 years, at least, uh, especially into the nineties is your horror movie started to take a, a, a different kind of bent of the, your, your, uh, characters. And it's, it's actually always been the case, but it got, I think it got even worse, like starting in the nineties, you started seeing like these WB slash CW, like young, beautiful people becoming the, 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 you know, the protagonists in a horror film, you know? And so, I mean, yeah, you, you still, you had teenagers in horror movies before that, but it, it just, it was a different kind of style now. Dawson's Creek era of horror. Yeah. Dawson's Creek and then Dawson's Creek, <laughs> Dawson's Creek era of horror. And yeah, you're absolutely right. And that, that trend continues even into now like a lot of a lot of your horror is still all about young pretty people getting murdered but the thing is is this is a refreshing change of pace because in this case um the main the main conceit of the movie is that barbara crampton and andrew sensenig uh play a couple who are who just bought this old like 1800s built house uh that used to be a mortuary and it's in the middle of the small town in Pennsylvania. Um, and which is another thing I like about it is that it's, or actually, no, it's not Pennsylvania. It's, um, I think it's New York, actually, now that I think about it. It's, it's um, New England. New England. Thank you. Yeah, it's New England. That's right. I, I guess, as soon as I said it, I'm like, no, I'm thinking of another movie that I just watched recently um, that was uh, basically take, that took place in Philadelphia, which was kind of cool. Um, that's right. It was in, it's in New England. Um, in fact, uh, again, it's, oh, that's another thing too. Is that the movie also has um, some? Um, um, oh, fuck, I'm losing my shit. Um, um, it also has some Lovecraftian uh, connections as well, um, which we'll get to in a little bit. But uh, so basically, this couple they buy this house. Um, what happened is is their son just recently died in a car accident. She thinks that she's uh, being contacted by him, but of course her husband's like, nah, it can't be. It's not this impossible, blah, blah, blah. But they, they move into this house and immediately you find out that there's some weird things going on in this house and the town seems to be acting a little odd about it. Um, so, and of course, yeah, the, the, the house is haunted and I'm a huge fan of, of, haunted house movies i love ghost stories i love you know ghost movies it's probably my favorite genre when it comes to horror or subgenre, i should say oh amityville oh yeah absolutely amityville is a good one um even though we all know that movie is not based on a true story it's all completely <laughs> um but I, I just i'm a i'm a sucker for a good ghost story um the fog is probably one of my favorites it's my it's probably I know it's not John Carpenter's best movie, but I think The Fog is my favorite Carpenter movie because I think it is, it is the perfect. It is it's a perfect ghost story. It is it is so well told. The way it's structured, it's so good. Anyway, um, but this movie really hits a lot of those buttons for me. Um, uh, in fact, uh, to anybody who's uh, familiar with Saturday Night Live and knows the character Stefan, um, played by Bill Hader uh, when he used to be on the show. Um, do my little rendition of 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 what the of the of this movie. This movie has everything: hippies, backseat impalements, burn victims, a dead son. Anyway, that's that was my thank you, everybody. Thank you. <laughs> um, but anyway, but it's just, it's it's got a lot of really interesting. It's just a, it, it's a lot thrown into this film. Um, it starts off tried and true. Ghosts are terrorizing the couple. Um, turns into a huge gore fest at the end, which I love. I love that there's so many different elements, different facets of this movie. It's not, it's not just one thing. It's a bunch of things. Because you, you, you have a town who's in on this fucking cursed house. Like, they know the shit that's going on. Um, and, and they're kind of a part of it. Um, 
because you find out later that the, the 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 family that ran the mortuary were accused of 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 selling the bodies uh, for medical purposes and then just bear, you know burying just empty coffins. This this is the second movie in the past three weeks that we've talked about that had really <laughs> bad funeral directors. Well, that's like, true. Ridiculously bad. But this one's taken seriously, <clears throat> humorously. Um, that is correct. But then but then you don't even but and then you find out that the that that the that the that might not have been true that they were that they that the body's really missing and stuff and but you find out that the town basically killed the people in the house by burning them alive and so now they're back and great makeup effects for the for because they, they all look burned and everything got white eyes they're you know black and charred skin looks really really good um you know and once again, I'm I'm completely monopolizing the conversation on this as I as I often do, guys. I, I, I get going and I can't start to stop me. It's all good, and I don't like to jump in and interrupt anybody. And you're my co-host. You know, we're 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 equal partners in this. Um, yeah, I, I agree with everything Donnie just said. I hate saying that because um, if we had recorded this episode three weeks ago, um, that would not have been the case because I just I don't know. I just didn't get a get a feel for it. It was one of those movies that had to grow on me. Um, you may find that yourself. And if that's the case, watch it again, you know, take a break. Um, watch the last, if you watch this movie the first time through and you don't like it, watch the second half again. Yes. And from the, the second half for me, it's actually, I think a little bit earlier than half. So it might be, it's not quite three quarters, but there's a scene um, <clears throat> and it's the... Oh yeah, I know the scene you're talking about. You told me about this. It's the tell in the movie. It's where the, uh, the bar is closed. Um, you hear a knock on the door and the bartender or the bar owner tells the, the young waitress inside to go answer the door. And all you hear is this gunshot. And then in comes, um, in comes the, what, what was his name? Uh, the Mon- Monty Markham character. Dave McCabe. Um, yes. And all of a sudden you're like, oh yeah, yeah. Because in the, in the beginning, there's really, um, I kind of picked up right away that he was a bad dude. Oh yeah, if absolutely. On, if only because he treated his wife like shit. I mean, he was like, sit well, down. <laughs> well, well, not only that, but she, you know, she hands a note uh, to Barbara Crampton's character and this right. is dead of this house. And, you know, and meanwhile, he's sitting there right next to her going, oh yeah, this place is a lovely home. It's great. Exactly. You'll love it here. <laughs> it's wonderful and everything. And so, yeah, you, you can, but you can tell from his mannerisms from the very beginning that there's something off about this guy. But the movie, it's very formulaic, which I love. I love formulaic movies. I love oh, sure. movies that, you know, follow. Well, if, lo- if they're done well. Yes, yes. Um, it, it follows the, the formula. It adds in the things that, you know, um, try to have a broader appeal to everybody. Um, you have an older actor that, you know, an older character actor that people do know and a lot of people love. I personally remembered him as uh, Blanche's gay brother on The Golden Girls. Um, as soon as I saw his face, I was like, oh, my God, is that, is that the guy from Golden Girls? And I went and looked it up, and sure enough, it was. Are you talking um, about Markham? Yes. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> I, I, I actually know him from a movie that I just watched recently um, uh, that I actually mentioned uh, before uh, called Jake Speed, which is a, a, one of the you know, dozens of Indiana Jones knockoffs that came out right around the mid-'80s. Oh, wow. Um, I never saw that. It's, it just came, uh, I just found, I just discovered that it's on Blu-ray and I bought the Blu-ray because I used to watch that movie ad nauseum when I was a kid. Um, the main character is a nobody, like it's him, basically the only reason why he's even the lead character is because it was his project. Him and this other guy wrote it and, and the other guy directed it. Um, it's got Karen Coppins uh, from um, uh, Once Bitten uh, as the, as the, as the woman who's, who's hiring him to save her sister. Right, but right. It's got John Hurt. I don't know how the fuck they got John Hurt in this movie, but John Hurt plays the, and he is devouring scenery at a fucking like at a at a, at a fast pace. He's so fucking great in this movie. Uh, Dennis Christopher is in it. Anybody who remembers the original Stephen King's It that was on TV, Dennis Christopher played the older uh, Eddie Kasprak. Um, he also is a character actor who's in a lot of other movies. Uh, it's I. It's not a great flick, but I think it's a fun flick. It's, it's one of the reasons why I bought it. 
uh, when I when I just rediscovered because I just discovered a couple weeks ago that it existed on Blu-ray. I was like, I, I need to have this because the only the only other version of uh, the only other copy of it I had prior to that was VHS, which is the only other medium that it existed on until now. Um, but it's basically about, and I, I'm I know we're going off track again, but Jake Speed is basically it's about it's it's an Indiana Jones style adventure where Jake Speed is um, it's about the fact that like these um, pulp uh, these pulp novel characters like Mac Bolan uh, and stuff actually really exist. And Jake Speed happens to be one of them. And to make, to make ends meet, they write books about their adventures. Like Dennis Christopher is the writer. He writes books about Jake's adventures. They do the adventures together and that's how they, and everything. So they kind of hire themselves out as mercenaries and it's, it's, it's got humor and it's got, you know, an action and stuff. And it's, it's kind of fun. It's got a catchy theme. Um, I highly recommend it. Uh, your you mileage varies as always. Check um, out that movie. <laughs> uh, but, uh, but yeah, um, Monty Markham is in that movie. Uh, and I believe he plays Karen Coppins' father in that movie. Because I remember I was, I was seeing it, I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> I was like, it's him. Because uh, like you, when I saw him, uh, when I revisited We Are Still Here uh, for, this, for this episode, I was like, why does he look familiar to me? And then later that night, I watched Jake Speed and went, oh, my fucking God, there he is again. What? <laughs> like, it's the same guy. He doesn't look like he's aged at all. I'm not even joking. He doesn't look like he's aged at all. Because Jake Speed took place, like, back in, like, 85. So, and We Are Still Here, took, uh, we are still here was filmed in 2015. So, do the math. But the man does not look like he's aged at all. Like, he, of course... To be fair, he looks he looks as he looks he looks old back then too. So I think that's the issue. Like he doesn't look young. He just looks like he just has always been an old man. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. I'll go, I'll go with that. But yeah, getting back to getting back to what I was saying, um, very formulaic. They throw in you know uh, horror royalty, horror royalty, and Barbara Crampton. They throw in a nice character actor that people you know have known and loved over the years. Um, they even throw in the the kooky friends. You know the the hippie type, you know holistic, um, psychic couple um, that come up for come up for the weekend or whatever. Um, the 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 uh, the uh, um, Deus Ex Machina. You, you, he's like, well, if you guys if you have ghosts, you ha just happen to have friends who dabble in supernatural elements. So, Correct. oh, hey, you can do the seance for us. We can talk to these spirits. Correct. You know? See, see, Beetlejuice. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, and, and then the kids, which are, here's what I liked. Okay. So they threw in a younger, a younger couple, a younger, you know, uh, early twenties, something, you know, mm -hmm. couple, the son was the, the best friend, college roommate, college roommate, I believe, of yes. or college, whatever of, uh, of the, the uh, family son that got killed. And, well, he's, he's, yeah, he's, he's also like, he's the son of the, of, of, of the, the Lewis's of, of the hippie couple. Yeah. Correct. And, and so his girlfriend along with him. Correct. And they walk in and the first vibe that you get is, okay, here comes the nudity part. And sure enough, now hold on, but sure enough, the couple is like, well, no one's here in this weird, creepy house. Let's start making out on the couch. <laughs> and they do. But there is no nudity, which is, I, it's great. It's refreshing. Yes. It's refreshing. And, of course, bad things happen. They hear a noise. And instead of just running the fuck out of the house, they sit there and you know, people are going to investigate. Let's investigate this weird noise while we were going to have coitus instead. So the, the boyfriend, the, the, the hippie couple's son, he gets killed right in front of the girlfriend horribly. Um, and the girlfriend runs out and, you know, ah, and gets in the car, which took an inordinately long time to like start and, and go. <laughs> well, that's, that's standard horror movies also. Yes. Um, and she drives down the road and, uh, you know, something impales her from the back and, you know, the car just comes to a stop and she's D-E-D -D dead. D-E-D -D dead. And, Again, so this this actually leads me to a, to to a good point that I wanted to make. And one of the thing the thing that I love about this movie, um, so 
if you if you if you look online, there's a lot of articles, a lot of debates, a lot of you know about what constitutes horror versus terror. Uh, a lot of a lot of famous uh, horror authors, writers, directors have tackled the the subject. Um, you know that that um, that horror movies, uh, the 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 label horror film gets put too loosely on too many different types of movies. Um, when in a lot of cases. Uh, mostly movies with like jump scares and stuff are actually more terror movies than they are horror movies. Horror movies are mainly more about um, the the rising, uh, you know, just the the horrified of what you're seeing and everything and and stuff. And so, and one of the things that um, you know, there's a lot of in that discussion. There's also the mentioning about how you know the different elements that that require or that aren't required, but that usually go into a horror film. You know, you got your jump scares. You got your 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 rising tension, uh, you know your or, or your just you know just the 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 rising like the terror that that, that you know that the builds as the slow build, um, you know that usually ends up with a release. And then you've got like you know the the scary visuals that aren't exactly they're not jump scares, but it's like you didn't expect to see that, and when it's there, it, the chill goes up your spine. You're like. <gasps> Like you, you, you do that in, inhale. You're like, oh, it's, it's not really a jump. It's more of like, oh my god. Um, the Woman in Black, the the remake of the Woman in Black, the one that Hammer Films did a, a few years ago uh, with Harry Potter, uh, is one of those that does uh, does that effectively. Uh, where you know you see him in the window, and all of a sudden you see her face behind his, and you're like, oh my god, because you like you were expecting it to be there, and it's there. Uh, another good use of that is like when uh, movies where like. Um, like where they turn off the light and you see the, well, actually this movie does that too, where the, there's a guy that goes downstairs to fix the furnace or whatever. And you know, he turns off the light and you see the shadow in the background. It's not a jump scare. And it's, 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 it's one of those things where you're not expected to notice it at first. And so, but when you see it, it creates an unsettling like feeling in your gut. You're like, Oh my God. Like I didn't realize that was there until like just now. And so every time he turns on the light, it's gone. When he turns off the light, it's there. Um, and that's one of the things I love this movie. Cause some movies rely more on certain types of scares than others. Some movies rely entirely on, uh, in the olden days, back in like the seventies and before that, <laughs> the olden days, the olden days. Um, yeah, get off my lawn, everybody. Um, <laughs> Once upon a time, it used to be movies relied more on, especially when budgets were lower and uh, special effects weren't as good. Mounting tension, uh, the, the 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 building of terror for a, for a release was was usually the way that you know horror movies were built. It made them go a little slower. The pacing was a little bit more, but you know, um, but over time, you know, with the advent of slasher films and everything, you went we switched over to like more like jump scares. Jump scares became the huge thing, you know, and stuff like that. Um, what I love about this movie is that it incorporates all of the major uh, scare tactics. Uh, it does the jump scare. Uh, and that's the thing. I think, I think what makes an effective horror movie is using all those tools. You don't have to. I mean, it's, it's in any art form. You don't have to use every tool at your, at your disposal. If you're, an, if you're a painter, you don't always have to use that little metal thing with the, you know, to, to make you know, lines or whatever. You don't always have to use certain types of brushes. You don't always have to use certain types of paints. You can use tools as you see fit. Um, but I think the, the more, um, the more you use, the, the more you, you make them work together. I think the, 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 the more robust your art becomes. And I think horror movies are very much in that regard, you know, jump scares are great. Um, but after a while, you know, you, especially when, when a lot of movies, especially in the eighties relied too heavily on, the fake out jump scare we're like oh it's it's the cat okay whatever um but this movie i think did a really great job of combining all the different types of scares uh or the main three i should say it, it, it did the jump scare it does the the unsettling building of tension the building of fear uh for the payoff uh that lets loose after you know when you finally get to that point you're like when you're about to break you're like oh my god oh my god oh my god you're you're not you're white knuckling the the your freaking arm armrest and you're just like Ugh! and then it finally you know you finally get the payoff and then the the to the um uh the imagery the the um the unsettling imagery uh and i think it does a lot of these things and i think it does it balances them beautifully you have moments where uh kind of like in the old like in the in the in the uh the sinister uh series and stuff um 
you got that thing where you where you're meant to focus on something in the foreground but then all of a sudden if you focus there's there's something there and you're like oh my god it's ah, it's horrible um you know things like that and uh i it's one of the reasons why i love this movie so much is because it incorporates all three major like scare tactics and i think it balances them really well oh and then well technically there's a fourth one too because then you got the plain gore you like the like the bista because here's the thing about this movie it starts off like a like a slow and again i think this is this has a lot to do with its uh with its italian horror roots as well or or, or its italian horror um um uh, inspiration um because you know it kind of plays like a straight 70s building tension with some with some flourishes and, and visuals and stuff but then at the very end because what you find out is that the town is behind this whole fucking thing they are the ones they're the reasons why there's a curse in the house and what they what you find out is is that the house needs to be fed which is very uh stephen kingish uh for those who are familiar with the shining and stuff uh, and doctor sleep and things like that so the souls in the house need to be fed every 30 years i think it's every 30 years um I, it might actually be like an off number like 27 or something but it's it's somewhere around there and so every 30 years they get a new group of people family or whatever and in fact even the markham mccabe's character he's like this house needs a family you know sinisterly enough we don't it sounds you know it sounds uh innocent but it's very ominous um and then you find out that the town's in on it they're they they have to because if they don't feed the house every 30 years the uh, the essences in the house will start to fucking feed on the rest on the rest of the town. They'll it'll start wreaking havoc across the town and start taking lives and shit. Um, and so you find out that there's there's like this. And that's the other thing I love about the movie too is that there's all these different elements at play. It's not just a haunted house story. It's a it's a it's a a, a crazy fucking uh, town that's you know a murderous secretive town plot as well. You've got you've got like multiple plots in this movie as well, and they all work together well. Um, and then you've got the dead stun thing going on and all this other stuff. But by the very end of the film, when the town realizes the, especially, uh, Dave McCabe, uh, who likes to shoot young waitresses for no reason. Um, when they realize that this is, it's not working the way they want it to, they just, they're like, well, we're going to fucking do it ourselves. So they show up at the house and just start, you know, basically with shotguns ready to shoot the couple, uh, at, you know, basically where they stand. Um, and then all of a sudden, like the ghosts, when they see that the, that the town has come in, they just start fucking going nuts and start killing everything. You, you've got gore, like you've got spewing like blood, guts coming out, like everything. It's just, it's visceral. It's very visceral. And it's very, very enjoyable. I enjoy the fuck out of it. Um, and that's, you know, that's one of the things I like, why I like this movie so much is it has all these different elements at play. And I think it does a really good job of balancing them all and just, it, it ends up, making for a really fun flick i agree i agree and like i said i i was one of those people that i had to come around to this movie um it, in the beginning it kind of felt i don't know it kind of felt cookie cutter to me when i first watched mm -hmm. it i was like huh well here we go it's a haunted house and the town you know it's got to feed this house every every 30 years and you know blah 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 and are these characters really interesting to me Monty was definitely interesting to me from the beginning um, he, he reminded me, and maybe it's just because he's an old white guy. He reminded me very much of the, uh, the, the Halloween mask shop owner in Halloween three. I don't know oh, why. Yeah. yeah. Just a very, uh, very, very sinister yes. person, but you wouldn't just automatically say, Oh, that guy's sinister right there. Blah, blah, blah. Because he had a way of talking that was sort of like, um, you know, just gentle and, you know, don't worry. Right, we're, right. we're not gonna, you know, we're not gonna hurt you and, you know, whatever. But yeah, it was, um, overall, I have to say I came around again, watch the, watch the last three quarters of the movie. If the, if the first, you know, first run through doesn't work for you, um, you know, and, and watch the, the, the special effects, which again, originally I didn't like, I was like, Hey, eh, wow. Hmm. But they grew on me as well, and I don't know why. I think Donnie might have, like, invaded my, my house somewhere and put, like, a subliminal messaging bug that said, you must like this movie. Jedi mind trick. Exactly. I, just, I, I, I waved my hand around and said, yes. you will like this movie. I will like this movie. You will like this movie. These I are not like the droids you're looking for. These are not the droids I am looking for. But you will like this movie. 
<laughs> but yeah, it was, um, it was, it was very enjoyable. Um, it, again, there are jump scares. There are, uh, there are horror, you know, elements to it. Um, you know, it hits a, it hits a, a, a weird point with me because, you know, I, I did lose my child, um, you know, and, and we had some years ago, uh, my ex and I had some, some strange goings on at our house. Um, after we moved out, actually, we got a phone call, um, from the people that asked if anybody had died in, in one particular room. And that's actually where my son had passed away. So it was very, um, it was weird. Um, and, and of course this is the time frame. you know, it was, uh, he died on a Friday, the 13th, a Friday, March 13th, 1998. Um, you know, I, I always say ironically, and I can say this as, as the, the parent that lost the child, but like, I'm the only moron that, you know, would grow up a fan of the, you know, seminal franchise. I'm looking at the poster right now, Friday the 13th and <laughs> lose a child on a Friday the 13th. I mean, it's just like, you know, if, if the universe is out there watching, it's like that weird wink, wink, ha ha, look at this. This is what's going to happen now. And I can say that don't sit there at home and be like, Oh my God, how can you say that? I can say that I love Tyler to the end of time. Um, but you know, I, I've learned, I've learned to cope and I've learned to, to do things, but yeah, there, there are things where a, a child, um, even if it's an older child, um, there are movies where I, I hear or see that a child has died and it kind of, it like brings me right back there. And it's, it's very, it's very visceral. You've heard me talk about visceral horror before mm -hmm. the horror that scares me the most. And that freaks me out the most is the horror that can really, really happen. And I believe in ghosts. I do. I don't believe that the town of Patcong, you know, has a house here, you know, that, that they've been feeding every 40 or 50 or 30 years <laughs> or whatever. Um, I don't think that would ever happen in real life, but you never know. There's weirder shit. Go down south, you know, and farther south than Donnie. Um, you see a lot of weird shit. Oh, no, no. You, there, there's weird shit down in this area. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I, I mean, I, I believe in ghosts. I believe that that kind of stuff happens. I believe we're all energy. And when we, when we depart this earth, when, when our bodies become nothing more than, you know, dust, I believe that the energy that was in our bodies goes somewhere else. So who the hell knows what happens? Well, but yeah. If you think about it, you know, it makes sense, though, because from a scientific standpoint, it, it's, it's established that matter is neither created nor destroyed. That's a fact. It's the fact. Correct. So what, what makes us, what makes us up is, you know, our, our consciousnesses and, and who we are, I think is energy. And that energy also does not get created nor destroyed. And so I, in fact, I, I, I again, I'm not, if, if I were to believe in any one specific mindset when it comes to the afterlife, I would think reincarnation would probably be the one that makes the most sense because, I can see that. Of, because of the law, because of that law of, you know, that physical law where basically matters not either created or destroyed. So your energy probably just gets re, you know, reused somewhere else. And, you know, so I don't know. We're getting metaphysical here. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the um, going back to what Donnie was saying about horror, um, you know, it's horror is, well, here, let me give you the definition, an intense feeling of fear, shock, or disgust. And that's not a jump scare. Okay. So mm -hmm. to me, an intense, in, in, something intense lasts. It's lasting. Now, mm -hmm. I mean, there are some people that they see one jump scare and they're like, nope, never watching another horror movie again. I think one of those people is upstairs from me outside of the <laughs> horror den right now. But intense to me is just, it, it's something more. It's something more lasting. It's something more permanent. Um, you know, the, these are, are movies and, and stories and, and songs that, you know, have a, have a distinct hold on our lives it's an intense something in this case with horror it's a intense fear or disgust or dread or whatever um I, I i we're gonna we're gonna talk about these sometime in the future i don't know when they might be like filler episodes but they're they're so much fun um and just disturbingly weird but i watched on shutter i watched cannibal apocalypse oh and my I, gosh i watched the other cannibal movie too and i could not stop watching them i could not and i was like i can't take my eyes off this but it was that was an intense disgust i mean basically they were snuff films i mean in fact in italy i think they they went after the director for murder charges um and, and for cannibal and, holocaust yeah 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 and it ended Which, up that it wasn't true right 
Correct, but it looked, dude. I don't think I've ever seen anything as real as that besides the original Faces of Death. That well, which, which, which is funny because because a lot of the Faces of Death uh, segments uh, weren't real either. Correct. Um, the the only the only segments in Faces of Death that were real were whenever they showed news footage of people falling to their deaths and shit. That stuff was real, but a lot of the stuff where it was basically it looked like it was a documentary style stuff. Yep. Most of that shit, uh, in fact, almost all of that shit was um, was staged. Yep. And um, what they did, what they did for the one movie was they put in the uh, R. Bud Dwyer uh, suicide. Right. That was live on TV and. Yep. That made it seem much more real. In fact, Absolutely. that that was real, and that I've seen more times than I, I can still close my eyes and see it. I mean, that's just ugh. But, the Faces of Death series is very interesting because, again, this is going back to the uh, to the old VHS days. This is yep. probably this is this is actually not going as far back as the supermarket stuff. Supermarkets wouldn't carry stuff like that. But when you had the old mom and pop. Um, you know, every every small town had at least one or two. The old mom and pop uh, video stores, they had that section, and that section, you know, was basically more of the not not not, not the adult section. That was that was a different one. That was a different room that had had like a bead curtain that you had to go through to get into it, where all the adult films were. But there was a there, you know, they had a horror section, but they also had like a section, at least in mine, where some of the more darker horror films, like like when and so. And I remember vividly, I was probably in June. No, I was probably in like 10th or 11th grade. This was probably like 1990, 1991. Um, my uncle comes over to our house for dinner and he brings this videotape, says faces of death. Oh, you got to see this. This is amazing. And we're like, all right, we'll watch it. And I remember watching that and just going, what the fuck? And there was like 18 volumes of that shit like 18 faces of deaths like and it was just and every one it was like and like you said the way they did it is to to in order to divert or to order to um fool you into thinking it's all real is they would put in like real clips like i said and usually it was news clips uh like this like the suicide the on camera the uh, the live suicide or whatever um but it was always interspersed with like you know these other moments where you're, where it's actually just staged and just to make you think oh my god this and so face of death became huge it became very very popular like those things would fly off the shelves because they would they would you'd find them you'd find out about them by word of mouth that's how you found out about them they didn't weren't advertised anywhere usually it was like again in like my case it was my uncle but everybody had like an uncle or a brother or a cousin or uh you know like a like a neighbor down the street it's like oh my god you gotta watch this is the most amazing thing ever and the next thing you know, you're watching this thing, and you're like, "Do do I vomit here? Is this where is this right?" Right. Good lord, <laughs> you know. It was the it was the two girls one cup movie of our day. It really was, or the lemon party oh, movie God. of our day. Don't, don't even get me stoned. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, yes, um, I'm going to give you a couple fun facts, um, Donnie. Let's see if you if you know, um, you know what what. Well, you, you've mentioned some of this. I have, I have a fun fact, too, when you're done. So, um, numerous characters in the film are named after characters or people associated with the Fulci film, The House by the Cemetery. Yep. Was that one of your fun facts? That, I actually had that written down. I was going to mention it, but... Um, but and it was, it, it was inspired. Yes. Um, the other one that I loved was there is... Uh, throughout the film, the characters frequently drink B&J whiskey. Yep. This can be seen as an homage to J&B Scotch, the real-life brand of alcohol, which I've had before. That, that was often also, oh, go ahead. That was often seen in Italian horror and exploitation films during the '70s and '80s. Even yes, the labels sir. look exactly the same. Yes, sir. Um, the other one, again, uh, I mentioned this earlier, and I wanted to get back to it before we before we wound down. Um, again, there's um, there is some H.P. Uh, Lovecraft elements uh, or, or callbacks in this film. Um, and I, and, and mostly because of the fact that Barbara Crampton was in reanimator, which is basically in, in, based on an HP Lovecraft story of the same name. Um, but when they talk about the, the, the mortuary, uh, the guy, the, the, the family that originally ran the mortuary who were accused of selling bodies, um, they, um, 
they they didn't mention who they sold it to by name, but they said, "Oh yeah, they they were you know rumor is that they were selling bodies over to that university in, Ex- in Essex County, which anybody who knows their HP Lovecraft knows that Miskatonic University is the university that is in Essex County." Uh, again, HP Lovecraft reference, uh, which I thought was really interesting. So there's there's a lot of really great little uh, fun little Easter eggs in this film as well. Um, but oh, and the other the other fun fact that I wanted to mention too, um, anybody who's a Star Trek: The Next Generation fan, I had to, I had to look this up because once again, it was a case of me seeing the actor and going, "You look familiar. What are you from?" So the female, um, there's a there's an actress in the movie, um, Susan Gibney. Uh, she plays the bartender, and she has, ends up having a major. Um, uh, she ends up having a major part in the in the in the last act of the film. She shows up at the house trying to help them, you know, trying to help kill the family or kill the couple so that the house will be fed. Susan Gibney was in Star Trek: The Next Generation. She played a couple of characters, but the one she's most notable for is uh, Doctor Doctor Brahms, which was a um, uh, which was uh, a character that. Um, uh, Jordy LaForge ended up having a huge crush on um, when he first, it's like in the third season um, when he first, uh, they, they end up encountering a problem and they, he's like, well, I know that like Dr. Brahms worked on, uh, you know, worked in this field. And so, so he went to the holodeck and he created a holodeck version of her based on what, you know, her, her, uh, all of her information that was in the computer. He ends up, he ends up developing a crush on. Her. Um, and then she shows up, for real, uh, like uh, like a season or two later, and she discovers that he has the hologram uh, program with her, and that he's basically you know kind of been having kind of a romance with her, and it's as creepy as it sounds. And uh, now, granted, Next Generation tries their best to uh, resolve it. You know, I mean, because they recognize the creepiness of it and they address it. Um, but it's just interesting because I was like, I hadn't seen her in anything since. And I, she plays, a, she actually ends up on Deep Space Nine playing like a different character at one point. Um, but when I saw her in the, in the movie, I was like, she looks familiar. Where do I know her from? I'm like, oh my God, Dr. Brahms. I was like, okay, well, that's, that's what she's doing nowadays. She's bartending in horror movies and trying to kill people. Well, the, the, breadth, the breadth of TV shows that this woman has been in, I mean, like oh, yeah, yeah. all the way from the 80s, Spencer for Hire, Columbo, yep. LA Law. One Life yep. to Live, Chicago Hope, you know, all the way, all the way up now. Lost, night, um, the the new Night Rider, Criminal Minds, Twenty Four. Um, yep. She's kind of been in in everything. So it, yeah, it's, she she has a huge uh, a huge list of credits to, on her resume. People like her give give off that Mandela effect. Um, you know, <laughs> like I'll be watching, I don't know, some eighty sitcom or whatever. We binge watch a lot of, especially the Golden Girls, and it seemed like everybody and their mother was on the Golden Girls, including mine, yeah. like we said earlier, and, and including Quentin Tarantino, that too. But uh, yeah, for like a brief second, and I finally went back and watched. Um, it, it's like at a, it's at the wedding, at the at the the wedding and he plays an Elvis impersonator, I believe. Yes, he does. Yeah. Yes, he does. And I had gone back and I was like, Oh my God, that's Quentin Tarantino. But thank God. Thank God. That wasn't what he was known for. Thank God. He made wonderful (laughs) films. (laughs) But um, yeah, it's, it's one of those things where you see these people and you're like, I know this person. And then you go to IMDB or Wikipedia and you don't find that. And you're like, I fucking know this person was in this goddamn thing. (laughs) And you know, IMDb is not always right. Uh, nope. Wikipedia is not always right. Go with your nope. gut. Go with your gut because Sinbad did star in a movie about a genie back in, you know, the 80s, early 90s. It happened. <laughs> it's, it's, it's real. It's called Shazam. And, and Donnie and I saw it. We probably watched it together. <laughs> yeah. Or on the same day. Just on the same day. States. Right. I, I mean, it, it happened. Other, I will say this too. Sometimes it's also a case of... Uh, another actor who looks very very close that too to the actor that you think it is i've had Shut that happen done. so many times because i'd be like i'm like oh my god i've seen this actor in something oh so here's here's a great here is a perfect perfect example of this um uh and and it, it happened it's, it's a unique way that this has happened I've, I've never seen this happen this way before 
So I'm watching the new Star Trek Picard, which I'm loving. I'm loving Picard. I think it's a great series. I'm loving it to death. So the actor who plays the, the bearded Romulan that, uh, that basically was romancing um, the, the main synth, uh, Soji, uh, to try to, you know, basically activate her or find out where her planet of synths is located. Uh, basically, he's using her, uh, basically, for information. I'm looking at him, and I'm like, I've seen this actor before, but I can't figure out where I've seen him before. He looks very familiar to me. So I look him up. He played Dr. Frankenstein in Penny Dreadful. And I'm like, oh, okay, that's it. But then I was like, wait, no, that's not it. I mean, yeah, I recognize him from that, but that's not where he looks familiar to me. What, is, what am I thinking of? So I'm scouring and I'm scouring and I realized there's a music video for this, uh, for this uh, UK band. I think it's a UK band called The Script. It's called For the First Time. And the video is about this Irish couple that uh, this young Irish couple that basically are trying to make their way in New York, uh, in America, you know, in the present day. And it's not working out. She misses home. He's trying to make ends meet. The song, you know, is droning on about how, you know, they're, you know, they're, you know, they're on shaky ground because, you know, they don't, you know, everything, blah, blah, blah. You know, it's a, it's a romantic, you know, puff song or whatever. Um, and I was like, I swear to God, it's the same guy. But I look it up and it's not the same guy. Because um, I, 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 I look up the guy from, uh, I look up the guy from Picard, the actor from Picard. And that, that's nowhere, because a lot of the INDB credits now will also list if you've been in music videos and such. And there's no listing of him being in this video at all. And I'm like, what the fuck? So then I go and I look up the music video. He has a twin. His twin brother played the character in the music video. Nice. And they look almost identical. And they sound identical. And so when I looked, I was like, holy shit, that's why he looks familiar to me. Because I kept seeing the guy from this music video, and I'm like, "What?" And it, it was—it just—I was—I was freaking out because I was like, "What the hell? Is, what is happening?" But yeah, so that's—that's a—that's a unique one. I've never had—I've never had run into a situation like that before, and I probably won't ever again. I hope. But that's a unique one where I actually there was actually twins, but I—I I, I mistook one for the other, not realizing that they were twin actors. There was um, I think it was called I think yes, it was called Funny People. And there was the um, Adam Sandler goes into goes into the doctor's office, and he's being seen by the doctor. And the doctor looks just like one of the dudes that was in uh, Die Hard. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And like he he's just going on and on about you know uh, you know how's Hans and blah 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 blah. And the guy <laughs> the guy doesn't get the references at all. Right. And I remember looking at that guy going, wasn't he in Die Hard? <laughs> I really thought <laughs> I really thought he was in Die Hard. I don't even know who the actor's name is, but um. Uh, is it? It's oh, is that it? It, it is Torsten. Torsten. Torsten Vogues. He's a German actor. He's been in The Big Lebowski. He's been in. The, he was in The Lords of Salem by Rob Zombie. Oh yeah. Um, and he just he has that look. And I went back and I looked at his filmography. I'm like that motherfucker was in Die Hard. I swear to fuck he was in Die Hard. <laughs> but no, he wasn't. He was not in Die Hard. But you know what? It, it, that, that's a great scene in that Adam Sandler movie. Actually, that whole movie is great. So go out and watch that movie too. And then tell me that guy wasn't in Die Hard because he was. He was there. I'm telling you, he was there. But anyway. <laughs> anyway. Johnny, final thoughts on this movie? Thank you. I was actually saying, I was actually thinking, you know, we should probably wind down at this point. Um, I pretty much said everything I'm going to say about this movie. I... I love this movie. I, I, I'm, I'm at the point, like I said before in my life, where I'm trying to whittle down uh, the chaff uh, when it comes to horror movies to try to find the flares, the ones that light up, the ones that are really, really good. I go to io9, I go to, uh, and, and the thing is, I usually end up going to websites that are run by fellow geeks like me, not, not movie reviewers, not people who are getting paid, you know, to, to go, oh, horror movie, this movie was great or awful, you know, but, but like, like real true, like, like, like film geeks like myself, you know, down, you know, just, just fans, just fans like the rest of us who are like, Hey man, this is actually pretty good. You should check it out. And I'm so, I'm very fortunate um, that they, uh, that I found this movie. I ended up, I ended up buying it um, digitally through Amazon after it came out uh, digitally. Uh, Cause at the time uh, there was no, there's a Blu-ray of it now, but there wasn't at the time. And I was like, I knew I want to own this movie because I love it so much. 
Um, but this is definitely, this was definitely in my top 10 uh, of that year of 2015. It was, it was definitely in my top 10 films of 2015 um, because it's, it's so good. Again, your results may vary. I'm going to say that every time. Um, Cause here's the thing, younger generations might not like it as much. Uh, maybe the third act more. Um, older generations will probably appreciate the throwbacks to the older style, the older days of, 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 of horror storytelling, you know, the slower pace, the building of tension and stuff. And like we've mentioned before, but I mean, who knows? I, 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 I that could be completely reversed. You, you know, some, some of you older people out there will probably watch and go, man, this sucked balls. And then you younger people are like, Oh my God, it was amazing. Who knows? Your mileage may vary as always. I love it because of all the things I mentioned. It's a great throwback to, to the old school 70s style horror, especially Italian horror. Uh, Barbara Crampton was amazing as always. It was fun seeing her play a different character than I was used to in the 80s. I mean, because she's at the point now where she's playing, you know, uh, more mature characters and stuff. Um, and uh, I, I just, I love all the different elements that were thrown in this film. I love that it did, it was so many different things, but, it, but they all were balanced very, very well for me. Um, I don't know. It's just, it's, it's a, it's a modern day classic to me. It's a, it's definitely a cult classic. I love it to death. I think it's great. And to dovetail off that, um, I, I love going, as you guys have known by now or know by now, I love going back and reading like film critic reviews about what this was. And the one review that I found on RogerEbert.com, obviously Roger Ebert had been dead already two years. So it wasn't by him, but it's by an interviewer, uh, interviewer. It's an interviewer. It's a He's a Swedish chef interviewer. A chef. Jesus Christ. He's a Swedish chef interviewer. Anyway, his name is Glenn Kenny. And I'm going to read this paragraph to you because this sums up my, my ideas on the movie. I mean, pretty much straightforward. For its first half hour, We Are Still Here might give the impression that it's one of those newfangled, subtle, independent horror movies. You know, the kind that depends more on mood and atmosphere than on... Than on scares and shocked shocks to reach its viewers, all of which, or okay, several of which, are just fine, I guess. But nuance has it. Nuance has its limits. So I'm glad to report that the subtlety of this movie's first third is, in fact, a sort of faint. Once the viewer finds him, him or him, her, him or herself comfortable with the idea that it's going from mildly spine tingling rather than gut punching and eyeball violating, all holy hell breaks loose. Yes. Which in, which in this case turns out to be a pretty hellishly good thing. Yes. And that is, I, there, you can't say, I could have just said that in the beginning of this episode and the episode mm-hmm. would have been over. Uh, that's exactly what it is. Get past that first third because, you know, it's, it doesn't have, it's not the same type setups that you may be normally right. used to. Um, it does feel like it's, um, like it might be one of those quote unquote independent films. Um, and I think in some cases it is. And I think that is also some of the beauty of it, but right when you get comfortable and you're like, Oh, okay, I got this. This is good. Bam. You know, it just, it, it's out of nowhere and yep. shit, shit just got real. So yeah, I 100%. Um, it, it's one of my higher rated horror movies now. Yeah. Um, it, <laughs> Donnie can take the bugs out of my uh, life now. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it, it's just, it's very, very good. Um, it's a hidden gem. This is a movie that I could see 30 years from now, 35 years from now, whatever. Um, someone dusting off, you know, something and saying, oh, wow, this is like pretty damn incredible. Um, and it becoming... It, it's not going to be, it's not a block office box, a block office box buster. That was well done. Well done. <laughs> wow. It's not a box office blockbuster because it really didn't have that, uh, that push. But <clears throat> what it does become is it becomes, it, it's the prime movie for a cult classic. It really is. Yep. Um, you know, this is a movie that I, I'm sure people will be talking about for a long time. And the director himself was only 35 when this movie was made. Yeah. Um, you know, and I love young directors. I, I just, I think young directors, um, you know, coming fresh out of film school or working as PAs on something else or whatever, and then kind of doing their own thing. Uh, there, there's so much innovation. There's so much creativeness out there. And he was able to take a, a very, again, a very formulaic film in a lot of cases and really, really turn it on its head. 
So well done, uh, Mr. I don't pronounce your last name correctly. So please, <laughs> if you ever hear this, call us up and tell us what it is. Gyokagen, Gegagen, Hoogagen, Hooligan, Poogagen, whatever. So, but that about does it for this episode. We thank you for tuning in. We hope you one, are. One last thing I want to mention. Sure. Um, just so people can watch the movie. It is available on Amazon Prime. So if you have Amazon Prime, you can watch it without having to rent it or anything. Um, it also is available on Blu-ray if you want to own it. Um, uh, but uh, that's, you know, that way you guys have an opportunity. So go out, check it out, and, uh, and, and, and yeah, enjoy. Woohoo! <laughs> but we hope you are safe and sound. Um, if you're isolated, um, I hope we gave you something to, to pass the time with. I hope you're doing well. Stay safe. Wash your hands. Um, you know, social distancing works. Uh, some of us out here have been practicing it for years and years and years. So like, mm -hmm. this is our time. Um, not me so our much because here. <laughs> I, I'm a, I'm a social butterfly. If this was me back in high school, I would have been like, hell yeah, bring on the pandemic. Um, cause I just didn't like people back then, but yeah, it's a, uh, it's a scary time. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna sugarcoat it. It's a, it's a scary time for a lot of people. Um, we're all re really worried. We haven't navigated anything like this before as a country. Um, you know, so stay safe, you know, know that we're always here at least until the zombies get us. And then, you know, I, Hey, we'll have a zombie podcast. It'll be great. <laughs> it, we'll, we'll be zombies while we're having, we'll just be like, <laughs> so again, from all of us to all of you have a great week ahead. Enjoy. April is right around the corner and spring has sprung and it's great so enjoy we love you guys we'll talk to you soon and we are out bye everybody <laughs>